This is the Rich Eisen Show. And the Mike White experience was top billing. Now that Zach Wilson is going to be able to take center stage again. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. Now we're starting Joe Flacco. Yeah, listen, I'm excited about it. Today's guests, ESPN NFL insider Mike Tannenbaum. Kansas quarterback Jalen Daniels. Fox Sports NFL analyst Mark Schlereth. Plus, actor and comedian David Allen Greer. And now, it's Rich Eisen. All right, everybody. Welcome to this edition of the Rich Eisen Show, live on the air in Los Angeles, California, home of uh, Staples Center. Wait a minute. I'm being told that uh, that's soon to not really be the home here of your Los Angeles Lakers and your Los Angeles Clippers. That's the latest thing that we never saw coming that uh, happened in our crazy-ass 2021 sports world. Um, yep. Uh, we got a full house today, including an in-studio guest in person, David Allen Greer, the very, very funny uh-huh. David Allen Greer, who's in the new Clifford the Big Red Dog movie that my... My my daughter didn't have enough thumbs to point up after seeing that movie. Oh, she saw it already? Oh, boy. Very much so. This very weekend. Um, at any rate, uh, he's in studio. We've got Mark Schlereth to talk some football. We've got uh, Mike Tannenbaum, ESPN insider, former grocery shopper for the Jets and the Dolphins. He's first up here on this program. Jalen Daniels is the Kansas Jayhawks quarterback who – is a redshirt freshman making his first ever start for Kansas, and he's the only guy to uh, ever quarterback the Kansas Jayhawks to a win at Austin. How about that? How about that? So that makes him our toughest player on planet Earth, Gorilla Glue n- uh, name, image, and likeness winner for the week. And I can't wait to meet with him. What a story that is. Good to see you over there, Chris hey, Brockman. Good to see you, buddy. Mike Del Tufo, good to see you over there, hey, back in your Mike. chair. Good to see hey, you, sir. Good to see you. Go by. And, uh, and, uh, and good to see you, TJ Jefferson. Good to see you. It is a pleasure, as always, to be here with you, gentlemen. So let's talk hoops, because I know Del Tufo would like to do that, and he's a big Seton Hall pirate. He's wearing his hat on his head, and he, he was um, – Mixing, work, the, mixing, the, mixing the game show. yesterday, game. the game last night that I was able to watch some of last nice. night, making me sitting there wonder, why did he have to miss a morning show to actually work a game that's at night? <laughs> How that sounds. It's a big game. And it was, was he at the game? Was he, was he actually in Ann Arbor? Was he, oh, actually laying, was he actually putting the wires down in Ann Arbor? Is that why he wasn't here? No. I, I, so I'm, we could just skip the, the reason why you, you were not here, because there was a night game for you to sit in a studio uh, booth. We could skip that. Uh, but <laughs> I had to be there at 10 a.m. Sounds good. <laughs> Sounds good. Sounds good. Tip off was what? Tip off was uh, seven Eastern. So six fifteen. Uh, somewhere right. That's there. a okay. lot of hours. That's difference. a lot of hours of just sitting there. But at least you probably had lunch and a dinner there. So that's good. <laughs> dinner and a movie. Um, <laughs> dinner and a movie. Hey, dinner look, movie. man. It's uh, it's basketball season. College basketball season has started. That's a big W for Seton Hall sitting there in in Ann Arbor, Michigan. But uh, the the basketball team I I, I really want to be talking about um, is the Golden State Warriors. Oof. And of course you want to talk about them. Well, I mean, look, <laughs> uh, one of us here did say that they were going to win the championship this year. Um, that would be me. That, that would be you. me. And I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. Um, that would be great if it happens because um, it would counterbalance the worst take I've ever had <laughs> and that the Miami Heat, after winning their bubble championship, shouldn't break themselves up for Giannis. And so me calling the shot of the Golden State Warriors winning the championship uh, day 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 after the season begins would be pretty uh pretty pretty spot on effectively. But racist. I'll tell you what, yeah. man. Last the, night the Heat lost to the Lakers. 
You, okay. In the bubble. No, I, oh, that's my bad. That's I right. They didn't win. Okay. They, 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 they made it to the Did finals. I say they won? No, oh, yeah, right. They the, their run. championship run is what right, I meant. Right. I'm sorry. Just Thank you for that. Just Thank you for that. <laughs> greatly appreciate that. Uh, but the Golden State Warriors, folks, are um, a fantastic, fun basketball team to watch. And they went into Brooklyn last night and put, as uh, Michael uh, Irvin would say, the Spankalanka right on these guys. Mm. And, you know... Um, Harden and Durant combining for uh, 43 points last night. That's what they got. They, they combined for the old 43 points last night. That's not enough. And um, that's certainly not enough when Curry's doing 37 on his own and, and Wiggins had 19 in support. And you add those up and they're more than what Harden and Durant did. And if you saw this game last night, Curry and Wiggins had foul trouble last night. Curry and Wiggins hardly played the third quarter, and the Warriors expanded their lead on the Nets. And Curry is playing MVP basketball. And we mentioned this the other day. What he's doing at the age of 33 or greater, and the reason why I say this is because what Jordan did after the age of 33 or greater is the standard by which, and Kobe obviously as well, right? But you, you're, we're, we're now have to put Curry in that conversation of one of the greatest players in the history of the NBA to keep performing as well as he is at the age that he is. And the remarkable aspect about this Warriors team is they're not at full strength. Now, you could say the same thing about the Nets and Kyrie Irving sitting at home still, you know, not taking the shot that's required of him to play home games and the Nets rightfully in saying that we're not having you play only half the games on the road here and him still not saying, I mean, he's the one that's voiceless right now, right? Because he's not saying anything. That's the the line that was given anonymously to Sham Sharania of The Athletic before the season that he wants to give voice to the voiceless. And as you know, um, we haven't really heard from him. So the Nets are not fully constituted unless this is the way they're constituting this year. And the Warriors come in and they're one trip to Brooklyn, New York. And they're chanting MVP in that building for Steph Curry. There's a lot of Warriors fans on the roads, folks. Yeah. But that was no contest last night. My Michigan guy, Jordan Poole, is becoming mm-hmm. uh, a nifty player. There isn't a single soul, it appears, that Gary Payton II will not attempt to dunk on. <laughs> I saw he tried it on Durant yesterday. last Yo, night. he was going for he, it. He tried it on Durant last night, and Durant was called for a foul, which they challenged. Just, mm-hmm. you know, and I, by the way, that will go a long way, in my estimation, from Steve Nash to challenge that on behalf of Durant. Like, hey, <laughs> he's not fouling Gary Payton II yeah, here. He actually blocked him. Yeah. Like, right, if right, he's right. going to come at KD, you know, <laughs> we're going we're gonna to challenge that foul call, even if it was totally insignificant. <laughs> right. You know, I mean, I kind of thought, like, okay, you've got your, your players back. Yeah. We're not going to allow <laughs> the guy who uh, – I had not heard this before until Ernie Johnson had said it during uh, halftime of the game last night. Uh, his nickname is the Mitten because okay. he's the, <laughs> the, son the, the son of the glove. So 
I've not heard that's, that before. That's a real. That's his real. I, I don't know. I think, Ernie, I think Ernie, Ernie Johnson and Chuck were that. trying to push it. I don't think it's official. Uh, but I, I think I, that's, as you know, by hosts, the way, we're down. Who want to dub players a, a, a nickname? Yeah, you're all players. in. I'm all in. I'm there. I'm so I mean, down I'm there, with the mix. I'm there with Ernie. I'm in the ball brotherhood with him. I'm in the nickname thing with him. I'm in. So it's official. He's the mitten. That's what he said. I've not heard that before. No, that's so funny. So. You know, and they're not, the Warriors are not, they don't have Wiseman yet. Mm -hmm. And they're getting Clay Thompson back. Jordan Poole is going to probably wind up coming off the bench. They're going to get better. Unfortunately. (laughs) They're going to get better and better and better. And they're playing terrific defense. Like Kerr has got them playing at a frenzied pace right now. What a story. For the 21-22 NBA season that the Warriors are back. I mean, we talked about who's back in week 10 in the NFL season, but the Warriors over the first month of the season have proven they are back. Iguodala jarring threes to cap off a 30-point third quarter last night that they had without Curry and Wiggins. Look out, man. And you can say, who else in the Western Conference? Who else in the Western Conference is playing like this team? I mean, the Suns are playing pretty well. Anybody else? Clips. Okay. Mavs. All right. I mean, uh, by far, but the Warriors are cream of the crop. There you go. For sure. Best team in the NBA. I just just wanted to just throw that one out there. I know we start with a lot of football these days. That was a fun watch, Rich. Also has me sitting a little higher on my chair over here. (laughs) Oh, is that right? You you liked the Warriors last night going in? I, he could have been sitting even higher if he would have just asked me a question. I could have won him a couple extra. Let me, and and, and I'll just Sixers say, game. and we'll close this conversation with the two people that could be even happier than anybody involved with the Warriors organization or you who's sitting a little higher in your chair because the Warriors won last night. And those two people are named Peyton and Eli Manning because Draymond was on there. <laughs> yeah, Manning cash. Omaha <laughs> tweeted out, what curse? Is that what they did? Yeah, okay, I did not see morning. that. Yeah, yeah. I did not see that. Draymond on in the third <laughs> quarter of the Monday nighter on the Manning cast. Boom, next night, he played terrific too. He's at the top of his Hall of Fame game right now. Yeah. Doing everything. Yeah. Doing It's all working, and it's a fun watch. They play a fun brand of basketball, and who's more fun to watch than Steph Curry? Right now, no. There's not a logo on the floor he won't shoot from. <laughs> right? At this point, Honestly, I'm more surprised when he missed. When he misses, I go, wow, really? You right. You, you know those those, those right. circles that they put on the floor for the fans to shoot from, you know, <laughs> to, to win, like, to win prizes grand, and yeah. whatever? It's yeah. like those the logos are that for him. <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> and the net doesn't move when the ball passes through it. It really is fun to watch, um, unless you're trying to beat the Warriors these days. So... I was an interesting watch last night. Um, Now, news in the NFL, Cordero Patterson's a game-time decision tomorrow night. The Patriots, as we all know, are rampaging their way uh, back to prominence, and that's the way Week 11 is going to kick off. And there's other injuries to discuss. Uh, Kyler Murray um, appearing at the open portion of practice. Okay, so he's looking maybe like he's coming back, which is bad news for Seattle which is welcoming Arizona in their house. And Seattle's now three and six, and they're in trouble. And, you know, um, there's so much to talk about in the NFL. And I know I said I wouldn't talk about this team again very much. But I kind of have to because when there's a change of quarterback news for any team in the NFL, it's significant. Mm -hmm. My Jets. 
And the reason why I'm also bringing this up is we've got Mike Tannenbaum, or as Francesa referred to him in Tannenbaum's tenure from uh, 2001 to 2012 as the grocery shopper for the Jets. Mr. T's coming here. Okay? A pity the fool. Yeah, well. A pity. So, uh, at any rate, the Jets, uh, as I said, uh, with the Mike White experience, the curtain falling on that uh, Broadway production, one great show. And it's now, I said, Zach Wilson's turn to come back because I'm seeing him working out, and who the hell knows? It looks like he's pretty spry. Also, these young young kids, you know, uh, they come back fast. They, they spring back fast. And again, he looks like he needs to be carded to come into the stadium. And I thought, okay, here we go. Certainly when it's a big game against the Dolphins and it's two, let's go. But apparently he's not well enough to go. So it's Mike White, right? I mean, it's Mike White. Let's get him as much experience as he possibly can. Cause he, but he looked so damn bad. This is how bad it is. How bad is it? He looked so damn bad against the Bills. The Jets don't even want to run the risk of putting him out there against the Dolphins. And so it's Joe Flacco again. It's Joe Flacco again. And um, it, it is just one way to basically hammer home the point that it's another lost season for the New York Jets. To hammer it home. And I even, you know, I reached out to my guy, Daniel Jeremiah, okay? Because he's, you know, he's tight with Joe Douglas, and yeah. he never tells me anything, by the way, because he's, 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 but he does know stuff, and I kind of, he's like my shoulder to cry on. Of course. For the Jets. So I texted him. Here it is up on the screen. Jets starting Joe Flacco over Mike White is absurd. And then I texted him, I can't believe I typed those words. His response is, saddest text I've ever received. <laughs> Cue the sad music. Because, because again, it's, 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 it's like you're watching Trevor Lawrence in Jacksonville. It's not looking great. It's not looking great. Yeah. But he's there. He's out there. Yeah. He's out there. He's out there. Mm-hmm. You know, here comes San Francisco. And we just saw what San Francisco did to Matthew Stafford. It's potentially going to look ugly, but he's got to go through it because that's the lumps you got to take. But at least they're taking them. Justin Fields is now taking his lumps, and the Huggies dropped on Monday Night Football against the Steelers. We'll see what happens against the Ravens this week. That'll be a tough one, but guess what? He's going to take the lumps. And Bears fans, it's tough for them to swallow as they're currently, by the way, 15th out of 16 teams in the NFC right now. That's where the Bears sit. They're not even close to sniffing it right now, <laughs> coming off of their bye. But they're taking, he's taking his lumps. Yep. He's taking his lumps. Trey Lance, the 49ers draft him. They draft him, and he's sitting there, and he's watching. Now, what is the team doing while he's watching? Starting Jimmy G. Does it look pretty at times? No, it was 3-5 and five coming into their... Their uh, their game this past week on Monday night against the Rams. But then Jimmy G started looking like the Super Bowl. Jimmy G, they run it 40 times. That's the formula to win in San Francisco. They come up with it just when they need to have it. And Lance has seen all of it. So the 49ers still have a season. It's not lost. What are the Patriots doing with their rookie quarterback? Enough said. They're not looking anything like the other teams at all. At all. That I just mentioned. They're not taking lumps. What they're doing is they're giving out the lumps. They're a contender. They're a contender for the division. They're a contender for the conference. 
That's a fact when you look around at how everyone else is playing and the fact that they've got the Titans and the Bills twice on their schedule. They can handle their own business. They don't have to worry about anyone else. They can win their division, and then they can get a tie break on the team that's in front of them. It's in front of every other division leader right now. And anybody else who doesn't think the Patriots are a contender in this league is just denying what they're seeing (laughs) because they don't want to believe it. That's a fact. But the Jets, what do they got? They got their left tackle first round draft choice from last year out since the first week of the season to protect the kid who looked all sorts of horrible with the exception of one great moment against the Titans of all teams. That's remarkable, the one seed in the AFC. That's it. That's it. The other win comes from Mike White, who the rest of the fan base pours their hearts and souls and hopes into and feels totally stupid to the point where the coach then in the beginning of the week says, hey, everybody's trashing on Mike White for one bad performance. And then two days later, let's go with Flacco because Mike White might have a trouble with the cover zero. Here's what he had to say. You know, Joe is uh, uh, just that veteran. One of the reasons why we went and got Joe is for the experience part of it, not only for the playing ability and uh, but for the room, but also for situations just like this. You know, Miami's got a, a dynamic uh, uh, coverage system as, as it pertains to defense with zero and all the different coverages they run. And, and Joe's kind of been there, done that, and uh, just kind of a steadying experience uh, that we felt would put us in the best position to win. Let me help this guy out. Let me help this guy out. Let me help this guy out right here because I like Robert Sala, and he's just another guy in a situation of, of I didn't, I, you know, I didn't, you know, uh, I don't deserve this either. <laughs> he's the latest New York Jet. It's like in the line of Jet people, like I didn't expect this. Uh, I I didn't I didn't realize what I was up against here with the with the headwinds of the football gods constantly kicking me in the bofas. <laughs> Go for it. What were they really thinking? Here's what Robert Sala wanted to say today. Do you really think I want to start Joe Flacco? Are you guys crazy? <laughs> Do you really think I came to the New York Jets and took this gig when I was a hot coach? Do you really think I took this gig because I wanted to acquire Joe Flacco and start him in week 11 against the Miami Dolphins? Do you really think that I want to do this? Do you think I want to sit there and watch every team play a get-right game against us except for the Cincinnati Bengals because we did show that my system from LaFleur works, or at least it can work? Do you think I want to do this? I don't. I don't know what the hell's going on around here because it didn't happen anywhere else that I was. I don't want to do this. Do I want Mike White to throw four more interceptions against a division opponent that's playing a get-right game in our building? I don't. And Rex Ryan, shut up. <laughs> shut up, Rex. You, you, you inherited a 9-7 and team when you came here. You had to Brickashaw Ferguson healthy. You got Nick Mangold to be your center. Alan Fanick is in the Hall of Fame. I don't see any Hall of Famers up front of my line right now. You had running backs. I got some running backs. I'm trying to build something here, and I don't need you piping in. I love that he said, he. you can come find me, Rex. It stinks. Another lost season, down a tube. So what? They beat the Miami Dolphins with Joe Flacco. I guess the best thing is they can look at the fan base, 
you know, the, the fire, the fireman heads of the world spelling out the Jets, you know, doing their calisthenics, spelling out J-E-T-S, at least say, hey, at least we didn't get our brains beaten in for you to show up in New Jersey in the middle of another lost season. I know I said I wasn't going to talk about him that much more, but, I mean, they named Joe Flacco to start in quarterback for a second straight year, by the way. Joe's got some run. You can't say that about a lot of quarterbacks that have had starts in consecutive seasons for the Jets. It's Joe, it, The last two is Sam Darnold and Joe Flacco. Good job. Great stuff. Perfect timing for Mike Tannenbaum to join us. Perfect timing. Maybe he can help uh, the uh, – because I guess this is the Mr. T Bowl, right? Dolphins and uh, and and the and the Jets. Here we go. <sighs> and this doesn't make me feel any better. Just in case no. anyone's wondering, it does not. Sorry, buddy. but I know you guys like it. I know you guys like it. Well, I know you guys enjoy it. It's fun. You know, you guys enjoy watching li- me spill it out, man. I like unhinged Eisen, but I'm not you unhinged. know, getting back to it, it's like I I was legitimately I was hoping. That your team would be good because I know how much you love football and I know how it sucks it's when gotten, your team isn't good. Dude, it's gotten so. to the point where it's like, damn it, Mike White can't go. <laughs> like, literally. Like, what are the Jets doing not starting Mike White? At least get him some experience. Well, they tried it against the Bills and they got their brains beaten. And you want to do that again? Mike Tannenbaum on this program. <laughs> Uh, that's next. He's smiling right there. This is not a photograph from like 2009. It's not a 2010 photograph. That's 2021. That's next on this edition of the Rich Eisen Show. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices make sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs all in before you purchase so all the guesswork is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use my code rich for $20 off your first purchase terms apply visit gametime.co for restrictions again create an account redeem my code r-i-c-h for $20 off your first purchase download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed Let's talk sleep number, people, because quality sleep is so essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is dissolved for your ever-evolving sleep needs. And the same thing for your partner. So you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Quiets your snores or your partner's? Sleep Number does that. My sleep number setting is 60. My wife's is 70. Ten numbers apart, but it truly is the world of difference. The sleep number sleep that you get is unbelievable. You will love it. J.D. Power ranks sleep number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now you could save 50%. That's 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This is the Rich Eisen Show. Back here on our Rich Eisen Show. 
Terrestrial radio network. Start calling him Dana Carvey, Brockman. He's like grumpy old man. I'm not the grumpy old man. I'm not. I'm wearing a cardigan. I'm wearing a cardigan. So back off, okay? We loved it. Okay, this man. uh, I've I've known this man quite some time. Uh, He was in charge of the New York Jets organization, grocery shopping for uh, many a moon, 2001 to 2012, and then he uh, spent. Few years of the uh, organization of the Miami Dolphins. Now he's on the worldwide leader in sports. Joining us on the Mercedes Benz Vans hotline and phone line right now is our friend Mike Tannenbaum. How are you, Mike? Good, Rich. Great to be with you. How's it going? I'm in a mood, Mike. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I'm in a mood. Joe Flacco starting for the Jets, Mike. Second straight year. Uh, what what gives? I'll give you the floor on why you think they made this decision. Go for it. Yeah. It- yeah, interesting decision, Rich. I didn't see that one coming. You know, I, like most of us, uh, most in the football world, were really encouraged by Mike White. I thought he played really well against the Colts and a couple of other preliminary showings and thought he was a guy that maybe they had something in and had a bad day against Buffalo, which, candidly, a lot of quarterbacks are going to have bad showings against that Bills defense. And a uh, little, little surprised that they're going with Flacco. And obviously their future is all about Zach Wilson. I know, but uh, what what could possibly be the decision? I mean, you you've been in you've been in rooms where maybe groupthink takes over, or or they sit here and they think that they got their ass kicked in front of their home crowd against the Bills, and we don't want to do that again against Miami. I mean, Sala basically said, you know, the cover zero stuff that Mike that Flacco's been there, done that, gives him a better chance to win. Mike, yeah, I think he he just gave you really good insight on what he was thinking, which is if we go back a week ago. And that's exactly what Miami did. Blitz their safety. So middle of the field's wide open, big risk reward in terms of defensively. You're, you know, the old saying, you're going to live by the blitz, you're going to die by the blitz. And Lamar Jackson, Baltimore really struggled with it. And that's a defense that Coach Flores believes in. And Joe Flacco does have a lot more experience than Mike White. And I'm sure that was part of it. It's a home game, one that I'm sure they think they can win. And probably because of his experience, that's why they're going to go with Flacco. But candidly, I was a little surprised. Again, Mike White hasn't been perfect, but I thought he had shown enough in some of the other games, Cincinnati, New England, that, hey, let's at least give him another opportunity here against a division rival with a good defense because maybe it's Mike White and Zach Wilson moving forward because Joe Flacco, to me, I just don't see him being part of that team in the future. Does ownership have a decision in this process with the Jets at all? I don't think so, Rich. You know, Woody Johnson was very supportive when I was there. We certainly would talk about things like the quarterback position often, but he would never mandate to say, hey, let's go with Flacco this week because Mike White looked bad against Buffalo. Um, he was a listener. Or he was a guy that would ask questions, but never one that would mandate who to play. Okay. Uh, did you guys ever have a seance there to try and get rid of whatever the hell hangs over the Jets franchise? Did that ever happen, Mike, at any <laughs> point in time? Anybody that sit around and go, you know what, there's something there's something off around here. I know you made two AFC Championship games in a row, and that might have been the version of that, but uh, after that, as we all know, but fumbles happen. Everything kind of went in a different direction. So did that ever happen, Mike? Anybody ever suggest that with the Jets? <laughs> You know, we tried a lot of things, Rich, as you know. You yeah, know, Tebow. Genie, Rex. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. yeah we, we got some wrong with Tebow. Um, but I don't know. Like, to me, you got to be patient. And if you believe in the process that got Robert Sala, you believe in the process to go get Zach Wilson, you, you got to give it time. And I know that's hard sometimes, and things are kind of bumpy right now. I certainly thought they would have played better against Buffalo, but um, 
you got to stay the course and, and just live with the growing pains. Okay, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go here with you if you don't mind, Mike Tannenbaum. And here's the here with Rex. Do you know of a single soul that's comparing Mike uh, Robert Sala to Rex Ryan or Rex to Robert Sala other than Rex? <laughs> Honestly, you t- you must be around the whole Jet fandom or hear a lot. You know, a lot of folks back in New York. I do. I haven't heard a single one. What's he talking about? What's that all about? Uh, yeah, uh, that one caught me, you know, off guard to be candid. Now, look, yes, Rex please. is a paid commentator, mm-hmm. and he's going to say exactly what he thinks, and that's the Rex that we all know and love that I worked with for four years. But, yeah, to compare himself personally to uh, Coach Sal was uh, a surprise to me. Now, Rex is so- certainly entitled to his opinion, Rich, and obviously he hasn't been pleased with his performance. No, I get it. <laughs> but I, I don't understand it. Like, it, it just it doesn't make any sense. Like, Rex, look, when – because you, you were the one who hired Rex, right, Mike? Correct, back in yes. the day? Right. Yep. That, perfect. It was so perfect because that's exactly what the Jets needed. They needed a chest pounder. They, need, they needed to say somebody like, I'm not going to kiss Belichick's rings. That's what they needed at the time. But right now what they need is someone like Salah. I, I, I don't understand why, they're, like, why one has to take away from the other. You know, I don't get that one. I don't. Uh, to- totally fair. And, you know, there is, um, I, I, like I said, I was surprised that he took it to a personal level and – you know, Rex is going to talk about coaches and, you know, be up and down on them like anybody else in covering our sport. But mm-hmm. um, I was surprised that he made it personal. All right. All right, Mike. You're a high-class guy. You know what I mean? And it's just, it, it's just, I don't know. It's just, we're here again, man. We're here again. So what, do you, is Zach the guy? Is he, can he, I mean, I know we haven't seen anything yet, but I mean, you're already, you're already seeing other teams with the ability to, to, to begin to assess who they have and what they have. Jets are still sitting here and starting Joe Flacco week 11 without an answer, again, about their quarterback. You know? You, you know, Rich, one thing I would say, though, is I was very disappointed what Zach Wilson said in August when he was comparing himself to, hey, I'm studying Aaron Rodgers. And what I would have said to him back then is, like, look, Aaron Rodgers is a fully formed adult. Like, learn how to drive a car in the right-hand lane. Learn the value of a check down. Learn the value of a punt. Aaron Rodgers has made, you know, He's an all-time great who made a lot of mistakes and learned along the way. And I think the Zach Wilson we heard last week, I thought that was a marked improvement. I thought it was a much more humble and one that realized that playing quarterback in pro football takes a minute. And I never, ever root for injuries to anybody. But with that said, I think him getting hurt is a real benefit because now we can sit back, watch, and learn. And that's candidly something that he needed to do. Mm-hmm. And let's see him. Like, we know, Rich, he can make the flash plays. We've seen it. We saw it in the Tennessee game. What we need to see now is, hey, check the ball down, or a punt is a good play. Mike Tannenbaum here on the Rich Eisen Show. I guess it's the Mike Tannenbaum Bowl in MetLife. Uh, the Dolphins uh, <laughs> are, 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 are walk me through what you think happened with uh, Stephen Ross and Deshaun Watson the night that they met. What do you think happened? With that, yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't know if they met, but I will say this: I think looking into it was a really smart move by the Dolphins, and here's why: when you have the ability to talk to a player under the tampering rules, and I'll give you a perfect example, Rich. Once we got permission to talk to Brett Favre when we were at the Jets, it took us about three weeks for us to convince him to come to us over Tampa Bay. It didn't work out. Now I think that's been well reported, but here's what I will say. If and when in March they decide that, hey, we still want to go over, go get Deshaun Watson, they have a competitive advantage because you know Houston's going to call all the other teams, Philadelphia, Denver, and anybody else that could have an interest in Watson. And now at least Miami has a foundation of a relationship. So even though it didn't work out short term, 
I can understand why a team who has questions about their quarterback would look into Watson. That's different than making the decision to acquire him because obviously this is a very complicated situation. So I think the story's not over because Watson hasn't been traded. And next March when this heats up again, Miami's starting well ahead of their competitors. Are you in the uh, two is just a guy camp? in the evaluation of Tua, there seems to be two camps. Like, let's everybody back off. Let's see what he can do. I'm in that camp. And then you hear there's Tua is just a guy. Certainly when, you, certainly when you'd evaluate him compared to Justin Herbert on a field when you're talking about professional football, which camp are you in regards to Tua? Well, I'm in the same camp I've been since before they were drafted. I had Herbert as my number one quarterback because I felt like he was the biggest, the fastest, the strongest, the smartest. And if he had played in the SEC, he would have been the first pick in the draft. So I've always been very, very high on Herbert. I love that. I think- had he played in the SEC, so it was the Pac-12 that knocked him down two pegs in the quarterback order behind Burrow and 100%. Tua? 100%. Yeah, Rich, there is such a bias, in you know, and justifiably so, that SEC players will get boosted up. And I've done studies on this, both from a team standpoint and a media standpoint, uh, fair or unfair, if you play in the SEC, that's going to elevate your status. And Justin Herbert is a guy that attracts no attention to himself, who is a great player. And if they had beaten Auburn on opening day uh, his last season, mm-hmm. he may have – and I predicted that he was going to be the first pick in the draft, win the Heisman and, and the national title, which is you know, the triple crown. And they were close to doing that. Um, and I think if he had played at an SEC mm. school, not Oregon, the narrative around him would have been completely different. All right, and I'll, I'll be honest with you, Mike. I've, I've you know, uh, I'm I'm a diehard Jet fan, as you know, um, and I follow this stuff professionally, as you know. I I don't know if I've ever heard that Favre might have gone to Tampa instead of the Jets back in the day. I've not heard that one before. Is that what yeah. happened? What, what John Gruden that? was recruiting him. John Gruden had coached him in Green Bay and was then the head coach at Tampa. Mm-hmm. He lived much closer to Tampa than he did New York. He didn't know at the time the offensive coordinator, Brian Schottenheimer, the head coach, Eric Mangini, or myself, and we were at a competitive disadvantage, and we had to work our tails off to convince Brett that he could have a great experience in the woods of New Jersey as I kept trying to recruit him that yeah. there is hunting and fishing in New Jersey. Right. And eventually we were able to convince him to come. Well, because you had to acquire him from Green Bay, though, right? Like, he's still... Right, you yeah. still had a you, so, but Brett was on his own tour, and and so Green Bay would have still had sent him within conference. Not a problem. That was definitely not a, a an impediment to all of that. No, I think they, I think they certainly would have preferred to trade him to the AFC. That was the one thing we had going for ourselves. But right. obviously, we couldn't make a trade until we knew that Brett was going to come and not retire. Okay, and that took several weeks to convince him that he could have a great experience not only on the field, but it's a great part of the country, and he was not a Northeast guy, and he was you know, somebody that was very comfortable in the South. So it took us, like I said, several weeks to eventually convince him that if we made the trade with Green Bay, which they would prefer to make with us, mm-hmm. that uh, he would come and play. Mike Tannenbaum here on the Rich Eisen Show. A few more minutes left with the former uh, executive, front office executive, grocery shopper, capologist, and now analyst. <laughs> You, know, do you have you wear many hats, Mike. You've worn many, many hats. So um, does this look like deja vu all over again for the Patriots to you from back in the day right now or what? What do you think? Absolutely. And I was fortunate to cover Mac Jones at the Senior Bowl for ESPN, mm-hmm. and he reminds me of Matt Ryan, Rich. He is mm. a good, not great athlete. He has a good arm, not an elite arm, but he's smart. He throws with great accuracy and anticipation. 
And he's somebody that I think is a perfect fit for New England because play action and precision, the receivers have to be in certain spots, and he will get the ball in time. And I think he's someone that one of the things that Coach Belichick, Rich, always talks about is let the opponent lose the game before we ever have to win it. And that's something that he does very well. He will not beat himself. And I'm fascinated to watch these two games against Buffalo because if you and I were talking in a month, Rich, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if New England won the division this year. Yeah, I know, right? I mean, they got the Titans too, Mike. Like they, they, they have the teams that they just need to beat right in front of them. And then they could just go into the playoffs with as high a seed as they possibly can get and, um, and roll with it. I just love that. So we always hear the do your job. He's like, let the other team lose it before you have to win it. That's a phrase that you've heard him say, huh? Huh. Yeah, multiple times. That's one of his big tenets is like, and if we're going to lose, let's lose by our opponent beating us left-handed. We're going to take away what our opponent does great. We're going to double-team their best player or whatever it is. And if we're going to lose, let's make our opponent beat us with their second or third best option. Mm-hmm. So are you saying if Mac Jones, if the Jets took him second overall, he'd be injured watching Flacco right now as opposed to where he is? Is that what you're telling me? Is that what you're saying? I, I, if, if you don't mind, if we can broaden this discussion somewhat geographically, I think yes. the other interesting discussion <laughs> is, you know, what is Kyle Shanahan thinking today? Okay. You know, Trey Lance compared to okay. Mac Jones. Because, Go for it. You have that. You have right? at that then. Go for it. Right. Because, like, to me, Mac Jones – may wind up being a better player than Trey Lance. And the San Francisco traded up multiple first-round picks. And I was candidly surprised that they didn't take Mac Jones because I thought he would have been a perfect fit there. So while the Jets may have some, you know, we'll see how it plays out. And look, again, it's early, but I think how Mac Jones is playing is not a fluke. Oh, so let me, let me, let's, let's go there. I, I kind of dig this. And I was just being facetious, obviously, about Mac Jones, but it is the nature versus nurture thing. Do you think, had, had Mac Jones gone to San Francisco and they had not gotten Trey Lance, he would have forced the issue with Jimmy G? Um, and, and what we're seeing in New England might have been, and again, they just flat out released Cam but they wouldn't have done that with Jimmy G. But do you think that that would have happened, given the opportunity that Mac would have gotten the snaps and we'd be seeing in San Francisco what we're seeing in New England with Mac Jones, do you think? In my opinion, here's how I think it would have played out. Please. I think they would have released Jimmy G, and here's why. I think Mac Jones shows up, he wins him over from day one, and Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch are going to go by what they see and they would not have guaranteed Jimmy G's $24 million salary because as a vested vet, when he was on the roster on opening day, they owed him $24 million. And I think from, call it June 1st, Rich, after the draft to opening day, they would have had enough of a sample size to say, we're rolling with Mac Jones, and they would have tried to trade, but ultimately they would have cut Jimmy G the state, in my opinion, to save that $24 million. How about that? Isn't that amazing if that's the case? It's amazing. Mac Jones is a... Is 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 the real deal? It's just shown that. Um, last one for you. Who's the first overall pick in next year's draft? How does that shaping up right now as the college football Ooh. season winds down? What do you got for me on that, Rich? That's a simple question, a complicated answer. I mean, the best player to be is probably Kayvon Thibodeau from your neck of the woods, L.A., and plays in Oregon. And he, to me, is a similar version to Chase Young. I just don't think there's a quarterback that's in that conversation right now. So Thibodeau's up there. Uh, Derek Stingley, the corner from LSU, would probably be a top five pick as well. Okay, very good. Thanks for the call, Mike. And just you know, even though you just what you said, what you said, you know, I'm still a guy from Staten Island. You know what I mean? 
<laughs> no, I've got a different Thanks so much for having me, Rich. Take care of yourself, Mike Tannenbaum. You're the best. You be well. That's Mike Tannenbaum. Good guy. Good guy. Guy like I feel like I grew up with somebody like Mike Tannenbaum. That's why Del Tufo's giving him the Jewish goodbye he's right now. Still talking to him. Yeah, you I mean, feel like he's one of those guys yeah, that you grew up with. Totally. Rich, two, two quarterbacks top of the draft is Matt Cor- uh, Coral, the guy from Ole Miss, and Kenny Pickett from Pitt is really rising up board. He right didn't now. think, though, that those are guys who were top five. He didn't think that. Yes, but at this point in 2011, nobody thought Cam Newton would be the number one pick, and then he was. Okay, we'll see how it goes. You're right. Things happen. Exactly. Just, but Things, as he said, just look in the SEC to push them up. Exactly. How about that? If Justin Herbert was in the SEC. He is 100% right. 100% right. There's an East Coast bias in sports, with the exception of college football. There's a Southeast bias. Yeah. A thousand no percent. Doubt. I was on ESPN and I saw no it. No doubt. I was on ESPN and I saw it. No doubt. You think if Joe Burrow played for Wyoming, he'd be the number one? Uh, well, I don't know. I mean, look what Josh Allen's kind of turned into, right? Josh Allen wasn't the number one pick, though. Correct. Let's take a break. 844-204-RICH is the number to dial. I'll tell you the latest as to why I've got Belichick on the brain. That's coming up next on The Rich Eisen Show. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. This is the Rich Eisen Show. I don't want to hear it. We're back here on uh, on our terrestrial radio show as well. I don't want to hear it. You're like, we're, we've been talking about the, the Jeter didn't deserve his gold gloves, according to Carlos Correa. Can, can, Jeter is one of the greatest players of Ever. all time. Ever. He's one of the greatest winners of all time. And that's fine. He's one of the greatest class players of all time. Not one of, of the greatest time. shortstops of all time. That's, that's, a, that's absurd. Defensively. That's Come absurd. On. Come on. Just, uh, was amazing. Why does your shortstop wear number two? Not He's, because he had a great glove. Why does your shortstop wear number two? But that, that, that's not helping Why your point. Why does your shortstop wear We're talking wear about did he two. deserve gold? He doesn't. Sandra Bogart doesn't wear two because Jeter ate gold gloves. Like, what is wrong with you? It's just part he of the picture. The guy. It's, it's he part of the picture. The guy. It's he part of the picture. It's, it is. It's part of the picture. Great. We're talking about his defensive statistics gonna- deserving gold gloves. I'm not going to parse out the reasons why I love my wife. It's one whole my entire... Wife. It's not because she, she has a hot glove in the hole. You know what I mean? Oh, Come dude, on. Stop it. He won eight gold gloves. No, I'm, you, I'm looking it up. I you just can't say he didn't deserve any of these. He had five. Okay, five. Please. You can't. Come on. But why is Carlos Correa sitting here? Like Carlos Correa remembers that moment in 1997. He wasn't even. Was he even born? Was he? Was he? Was he, was he pooping in his pants he in probably, 1997? He probably wasn't born. Actually. When was Carlos Correa born? <laughs> yeah. When hold was on, Carlos hold Correa hold born? Hold on, hold on. He's got to be what 25? 94. Okay, he, he was three. He was legitimately pooping, pooping in his, in his pants. pants when Jeter started winning World <laughs> exactly. Series. Okay, exactly. literally, Carlos Correa needed, I'll say it, because I'm in a mood, 
And Let's I'll go. Carlos Correa yes. at the time yes. when Jeter was when was Jeter's first gold glove? When was uh, Jeter's first gold glove? I'm looking it up right now. When oh, did Derek oh, Jeter oh, win oh, his first oh, gold oh. glove? And I want to make sure that the quote is accurate that I saw that Carlos Correa said he did not deserve his gold gloves. Uh, oh, four. That's his first year he won his, his first gold glove was in 2004? Yeah. Oh, even uh, better. So, so Carlos Correa gets to see it. Yeah. Okay. So I don't have to say the line that I was going to say. You can say it anyway. <laughs> yeah, well, well, Carlos Correa was, when Jeter was beginning his Hall of Fame career, Carlos Correa needed someone help to wipe his ass. <laughs> and hope, I hope, I hope. At age 10, he didn't I hope, need help? I hope that person, <laughs> no, of course not. I hope that person who is helping him do that, okay, can help now show him where he can, where he clearly currently has his head <laughs> stuck. I, I, I say that, that on behalf of all Yankee fans. You're all right? dead on, Rich. I feel like I I feel like this is the WFAN first hour of the program. <laughs> the Jets and this. <laughs> what, what were your thoughts on uh, Steve Summer? Was the no, overnight guy? Whatever. You... No, seriously, good for him. He's schmoozing. Rich and the man. Hey, look, <laughs> this may be why I'm in a mood too. I didn't have that great of a night of sleep because I woke oh, up the in the middle. I, well, I mean, I I got, you know, uh, uh, two things woke me up. First one is <laughs> Zan, Zan's clock went out off. Oh. It, not like it just went out. So he woke up to see what time oh. it was, and he wanted one of us to come and help plug it back in. And we basically said. Go back. Go back to bed? Go back to bed. <laughs> We're not coming and dealing with your clocks. All right? <laughs> what time was this? I don't know. Like, Susie said it was around 2 in the morning. In my room okay. when I was a kid. Bad. And, then I, and then I went back to sleep and I woke up again. You know when you have these dreams oh, yeah. about your back in school and you are not prepared for a test? My dream is always that I have blown off this class for weeks yeah. and I yeah. finally show back up in it because I need to, you know, yeah. but I feel like I'm going to get this fine. I'm going to be fine. I, I know what I'm doing. I show back up in this class just because I need to make sure I don't have a totally failing grade. And my concern is that if I don't pass this class, then everything that's happened in my life is not going to have happened <laughs> when I wake up. Like that's my anxiety dream. Wow. I'm back in class. This is a math class, which is the ultimate for me. Yeah, I mean, I just... Okay, math. And, and there were all these X's and Y's and twos. It looked like that beautiful mind sort of, you know, uh, montage mm -hmm. of all the, the figures and the arrows and the carrots I'm and all that. I'm horrible at math. So okay, so, so yeah, I'm in this class and everybody's nailing the assignment. And I'm like, I, I don't know what the hell I'm, I'm not. And so I looked at the professor. Guess who the professor was? <laughs> James Dolan. Bill no, Belichick. Professor Griff. Bill Belichick what? was the professor. <laughs> I knew, I knew where Rich was no going. Way. I knew where Rich was going. Bill Belichick was the professor. That's hilarious. I knew where Rich was going. And he wasn't dressed in like tweed coats or anything like that. He had he his, in the hoodie, the whole the, thing. He wasn't dressed like you know, like he like when he, he he shows up for the Super Bowl press conferences or when he was on Letterman, all suited and booted. And you're like, oh God, he's suited and booted. Yeah, he wears suits. How about that? Nope. No, he's dressed like the Bill Belichick on the sideline, the junior job, leg up. showing up. I, I I didn't. It was just. It was just. Okay. As soon as I saw it was him, I woke up. We <laughs> And I thought to myself, I'm working too hard. <laughs> you know, that's funny. Um, I have this whole like that. Do you guys have those anxiety dreams about oh, you're back in school, you're back in class? Hey, this wasn't constantly. a dream, but it just yep. kind of like what really happened to me. I had a political science class my freshman year, uh -huh. and poli sci, I just, I had little interest and okay. just I couldn't grasp it. So I just barely went. And I remember the finals came, and my professor was like, Jefferson, you deserve an F in this class. He goes, but you showed up, 
And you make me laugh, so I'm going to give you a C. But I, he goes, you definitely see, should not get in that. See, now, that's, that. I appreciate that your, your teacher did that, mm-hmm. but it sets you up for failure on The Price is Right. Instead of doing yeah. the job, you got rewarded for being entertaining. Yeah. And as you know, you tried that on The Price is Right. It worked. And it did, no, it did not it work. It did work. We're still talking it about it. It did not work. No, it did okay. not work. It, it set you work. up for Price is Right failure. I'm the daytime demo he king, He didn't teach bro. you a lesson. He didn't teach you a lesson. He taught you the lesson of, like, be entertaining when all this. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. He could have played that song for you when you showed yep. up. Then you could have gotten an F and he could have been it. <laughs> Yeah, because I've never gotten anywhere in life by being entertaining. Instead of that F, you could be in a brand new car. (laughs) And motorcycles. motorcycles. (laughs) Oh, we haven't seen this in a long time. Oh, boy. I'm going to be me. Our Gorilla Glue, toughest player on planet Earth, Jalen Daniels from Kansas. Wait till you get to meet this kid. I can't wait. That's coming up next right here on The Rich Eisen Show.